Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Siri, give me H-Town Soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. What up, Page Sound? Welcome to a special segment of the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. My name is Rory Segura, and along Dustin Richardson, we are joined by a very special guest, MLS insider Tom Boker. Tom, how you doing, man? I'm good. Busy, busy, of course. Everybody is. The offseason never stops, man. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Tom. So everybody, obviously, glued to the World Cup right now. Um, before we uh, narrow it down to the North American teams, what are, what are some of your takeaways so far from the from the tournament? It's I really love watching Messi with Argentina. Maybe it's just it being his last tournament. I felt like that's the team that I want to watch the most them and obviously Brazil because like I don't know, sometimes we we romanticize about the Brazil, the the Jogo Benito, the beautiful football, the samba stuff. And then just to watch them play and it's like it's all true. It's just a different it's a different level of beauty and fun when that team plays. So it's it's glad to see that there are still some of these like little these little truisms that come from like talking like forever, like waxing lyrical about all the beautiful Brazilians and all that stuff. So I found myself watching those two kind of South American giants because I watch the Euros more than, than uh, the Copa America. So like, I don't know, like when it gets to the world cup, it's like, I, I really find myself drawn to uh, Brazil and Argentina. All right, man. We know that Mexico obviously, you know, didn't advance out of the knockout or to the knockout stage since like 1978. Pretty disappointing. Canada not getting any points. What's a little bit shocking. Yeah. Um, and then the young American squad, you know, showing a little bit of moxie in Qatar. But uh, did you ex- did you expect a different result for those teams? And uh, maybe what do you think about uh, for us to expect in 2026 when all of them are hosting the World Cup? So I'll go one by one. I think with the United States, I think they did as expected. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that there were some really nice performances. I thought that the game against the Netherlands was disappointing. But I think round of 16 was was as expected for me at least i don't know what what kind of how other people felt so mexico was as expected for me as well i, I didn't rate them very much i didn't think they they had a chance to get out of that group like they came really quick came closer than i thought but like game against poland was pretty lackluster like some of the like i know that it was a huge disappointment to mexico as it should be but for me i went in thinking like i don't think they're getting out of the group canada was the big disappointing surprise to me like mm-hmm. i'm going we're going into the tournament and like casual friends who like only watch the world cup and like whoa canada like are they any good and i'm like dude they're they're the best Concacaf team and i'm like i i, I it would have been an upset if they got out of the group i thought it was going to happen that was 
I was kind of all in on this Canada team and they had a lot of really good moments. And then to walk away, not only not getting a point, but like their goal difference being just about as bad as guitars was like just a huge disappointment. And again, like they're a young team and you saw the, you saw the cracks of like Borjan isn't good. Like at this stage of his career, like he was a different player than he was in, in, in qualifying when he was like playing above his ability. He probably wasn't as bad. He probably isn't as bad as he showed at the world cup, but like then Steven Vittori, like then like watching them on the world series, like, all right, like, Maybe I was overinflating what I thought, but like, yeah, that, that was kind of the big surprise for me. So we keep hearing about obviously Messi, Miami, all the MLS rumors. What do you think the possibility he he comes to MLS and who are some of the, maybe the other guys in Qatar that may may jump over to Major League Soccer? Yeah, Messi, Messi, Miami is is extremely real. Um, I assume if I had a bet right now, I'd say I think that he does in the summer. I guess that there's. There is a world where maybe he stays at PSG another year and, and comes in a year after. But like, I feel really strongly that Lionel Messi is going to be in MLS at some point. And, and again, if no, I'm not like reporting with sources right now or saying anything like, so don't kind of hold me to this, but if I had to guess, I'd, I'd probably say this summer, but look, things changed. There, you know, no decision has been made as kind of his camp has, has put out either through Fabrizio Romano or, or other statements. Like that is real. Miami are, are real in, in like these talks. Like these are like, real like they are one of the finalists whether it's he stays at psg or or, or kind of goes to miami or whatever like that's that's something that i'm expecting at some point in the near future um other guys like there's going to be the louis suarez rumors all, all off season taylor twelman said sergio busquets is 99 done to miami so that's another guy to watch um other than that like i was try- i'm like i'm trying to write something about realistic mls targets from the world cup and there's just so many good players like i was even looking at ecuador and i'm like oh this center back's really good like um, let me let me just kind of look him up. It was like, oh, he plays for Byron Lever- Byron Leverkusen, and he's an every game starter. Of course, like that's not that's not somebody who's coming to MLS. So like, there are all, like the last guy on the bench for for teams in the knockout rounds. But yeah, like there are, there will be players at this World Cup that come to MLS. Yeah, and talking about MLS, I mean the only the only team re- or the only player remaining is with Argentina with just Thiago Amada that made it kind of last minute, obviously due to injuries. But you know, just just to get you know, I guess. Your your thoughts on who has the best chance, you know, out of this eight teams remaining to lift the trophy? I was I really wish that it shaped up for a potential Argentina Brazil final. Um, I think I like the winner of that game, though that potential semifinal if it gets there. That would be my favorite for to win the World Cup. But like, look, like, man, you look at all these teams. Like, God, like France are incredible. England for for all the jokes, they're incredible. Like, they're there's just there's just so much quality left in the story. Like Portugal, like are probably not at the same level as those other four teams, but I wouldn't be shocked if like to get to the final, right? Like there's, I don't know. I think that we got, we're set up for like a really good, you know, final, however many matches there are now with eight teams. Left. Like, I, I, you know, it's, it sounds like a cop out. I will say either the winner of Brazil, Argentina, but like just in general, man, there's so many good teams. So we'll move over to the dynamo now. Um, it's a little bit of deja vu here, two years in a row, two new coaches, the Nagamura era. Didn't go so well, ended very quickly. So now Ben Olsen takes over. Do you think Ben Olsen, what do you think he brings to the Dynamo? And do you think he can be the man to kind of turn things around here? Yeah, I, I, I don't see why not. And and look, and I'm generally more positive. I, I'm, I don't know. It would it would have to have been like a weird hire for me to not at least give it benefit of the doubt or, hey, let's see how it goes. But like, I think that Ben gets, Ben Olsen gets, I think, unfairly criticized maybe for how it ended in D.C. and maybe just being there for so long. It felt stale. Like, I wonder, like when I was reporting on this, like I, I I put out that Hugo Perez interviewed for the job, right? And just the perception between Hugo and Ben Olsen was just kind of wild to me. Like I, I really rate 
Hugo Perez as as a coach, as as a develop like all like a lot of positive things, but like we conflate that Ben Olsen is in his young forties. The DC United job was his first job. Like how many like you usually don't get that long in, in your first job unless there's like resounding success. But like people are like, oh, why can't we why I like we will probably go with Ben Olsen, but like I wish that they would go for like an up and coming younger coach, like whatever it was talking about Hugo Perez. Hugo Perez is a grandfather. He's in his upper fifties. Like again, this is this isn't a knock on Hugo, but it, it's like yeah, Ben Olsen is is a young forties like manager, mid forties, whatever he is. Like it, it's it's weird because he's been in the in our MLS lives for so long that it's like oh he must he's like this old washed up boring candidate. But like I don't know. I think that he deserves this change. Like it, it would have been unfair if he never got another MLS job. That being said, like if things don't go well here, like that might be it for him just because of how things ended with DC. And then if you kind of swing and miss it in Houston, like, I don't know if he gets another job, like we'll kind of see how it goes. So I think it's at one of those points where I think it, it it's fair that he's getting a chance. And I, I, I like, I'm fine with the hire. I, it's not, you know, like, Oh my God, that was incredible. Or like, Oh my God, that was awful. But like, this is, I think that he would probably understand too. Like, this is really important for him. It's like Luigi Gonzalez in San Jose. Like if it doesn't go well, where's, Where's does job number three come available? You know, you're not you're not sure. So I think that this is a really big moment, both for for Ben Olsen, for the club, for the front office, being that this is, as you said, their second um, coaching search in as many years. So it is a lot of pressure and, and there's a lot riding on this going well for all parties. Yeah. Talking about general manager, Pat Onside, man. I mean, he took over a squad that really needed an overhaul. Uh, yeah. Obviously, last season, it seemed like he had his you know hands tied behind his back. It was a bigger mess than expected, probably for him. But, yeah. you know, this offseason, we've seen already, you know, a, a lot of cleanup happening. Uh, we saw that, you know, they trade away Fafa, Pico, they trade away Tim Parker for allocation money. Uh, what other players, you know, in the current squad do you think hold value and may see other teams, you know, come looking for them as well? You know, it's a possibility. Yeah. So you, you spoke about it and I just kind of want to elaborate, like the situation they inherited was really, really bad in terms of allocation money in terms of bad contracts that were long-term um, in terms of movable assets that you could realistically expect to get any real allocation money for. So look, the Tim Parker trade, they got money for him in allocation, but they're still holding how, whatever the portion of is of his salary. So like the allocation money is kind of going to, to that. So it's kind of a wash. It was, it was about kind of creating more space and trying to get, get out of kind of air quote, bad contracts or however you want to describe it. And that was kind of the move for, a lot of what they had. So they didn't have a whole lot to work with. I think that Sebastian Ferreira, like the DP spots were, were kind of their big spot in the U22 initiative. Sebastian Ferreira, I like a lot. I think that was a really good signing. And I think that he's, I think this is just, this is a 15 goal scorer in MLS. Like I just think that don't have to worry about him. If he gets a service, it's a really good signing. Jury still out a little bit on Hector Herrera, given the fit. It wasn't great when he came over, but look like it takes time to adapt. Um, this is a player that I think the more, the more good players around him, he's somebody who kind of rise, rises with the tide rather than say, you know, an individualistic winger that like you put him in and he'll have good moments. Like Albert Elise, like even when the Dynamo were bad, he had, you know, you could have a highlight reel for him. I don't think it's the same for a player like Hector Herrera. U22 initiative, Tiagino, Tiago didn't work out and, and he's already gone. So at least that while that wasn't a good signing, obviously because he's not on the team anymore, it wasn't detrimental. It was something that they got out of and now they can use that, that asset again. So it's a long-winded way of saying that this was a really difficult spot. So they, it was like with Cincinnati as well. The, the the first focus was we need to reset as much as we can so we can start to make changes. So that's what you're starting to see this offseason. They are able to bring in Archer. They're able to get kind of move on from Tim Parker. And, and you know, I assume that there's going to be more center backs uh, to come in to challenge for minutes next to Teenage Adabe and, and with Steris. Like, 
So that's it's more about incomings at this point because there aren't a ton of players that you know you could flip around MLS to like get a bunch of allocation money. Like the Papa Pico one was good because they were just going to decline his option and lose him for free to create the the salary cap. Like they got a little bit, they didn't get much from Nashville, obviously, but like that was a good way to get a little bit of allocation money and open up some more salary cap. So again, it, it's these rebuilds take time. I know that fans don't want to hear that. I wouldn't want to hear that. Um, it's not easy, but like at least that they're in year two of kind of overturning bad contracts, of, of overturning the roster and giving themselves a chance to kind of make more change. So you mentioned center backs. We saw your report this morning. Matt Hedges still out there. Dynamo, one of the teams. I'm mm-hmm. kind of interested in him. What can you tell us about that? And um, maybe who else could be still out there in free agency? Yeah, there are a lot of good free agents still available. Like um, Aaron Long, again, I don't, I'm not sure if the Dynamo were in that. I, I would be really shocked if, if that's where he ended up. But like you just kind of look up and down. Like There are a lot of options. There are going to be players in the international market. There will be more players on the trade market. Uh, with Hedges specifically, yeah, um, I, I don't believe that they've made an offer, but I, the interest is real enough that I, I felt uh, correct to kind of include their name. I would would not say that I'd expect him to come here. Like, I'm, my assumption is it's going to be one of Toronto, San Jose, or Cincy, and, and probably one of, of Toronto or San Jose. But look, things change. Maybe um, Houston has a meeting and offers whatever it is that turns his head, and he wants to stay in Texas, no, whatever, what, you know, again, these are all hypotheticals, but as of right now, my assumption would be that Hedges ends up in Toronto or San Jose. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned there's, hasn't been a lot of movement for the Houston Dynamo apart from the arrival of Arthur, which I think it's a great pickup. Um, the team has no DP spots and lacks international spots. So do you believe that using the U22 initiative is likely what, you know, Houston will use to bolster their attack? Yeah. I mean, that's the big chip and, and it is, it's difficult because you look around the league, there aren't a lot of like U22 initiative in and of itself is, is a bit of like the reason why it was created is because these are, these are risky signings. Young players don't always pan out and like they take time. So there's a reason why that the league wanted to incentivize teams to do this more by making it okay. So uh, transfer fee doesn't go into the budget hit and he hits the budget at 200,000 or 150,000 if he's 19 or whatever it is. So it, it is somewhere where ownership can say, here's a couple million dollars and like you don't have to, we don't have to count it against the cap. Here's a way to give you a little bit more money. But like, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like some of you, like Atlanta United signed, signed a U22 winger who uh, Edwin Mascara, who didn't score a professional goal before Atlanta signed him. And he's still a talented player, but like, you, you know, like these aren't guys that, all right, cool. You're going to start and play and, and, and start 28 games. And, and we're going to be able to rely on you. Like just by the nature of this mechanism, it's about taking a talented young player who may or may not, kind of pan out and may take a little bit of time to develop. So yes, this is a way that that ownership can say, Hey, here's, here's some money and we'll add them to the roster. It's going to be a cheap onto the budget. This is one way to add another player, but I'm just trying to caution expectations that, you know, for the league, it, it's been more Tiago than it's been. Um, Dayan Jovlich, right. And even Dayan Jovlich hasn't been starting for the galaxy and he's one of the success stories of this mechanism. So I would just kind of caution my expectations there, but yeah, that, that would be, that'd be a big chip that they could use if they get it right. So before we let you go, Tom, uh, Memo Rodriguez, one of the players that Dynamo let go, kind of a fan favorite here, one of our few homegrowns, you know, that's uh, that's panned out. Where do you see for him? Um, Jonathan Siegel said he's one of the top 10 guys left in free agency. Where do you see for Memo where there may be some possible spots he could end up? This is a good question. It reminds me that I need to ask ask around about Memo a little bit more. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I think that he's, you know, again, everything is relative to salary cap, to contract, to budgets, all that, like, but just kind of in a vacuum, I like him as a player. I think that he's versatile. I think that he could work well in a lot of different systems. I think he's a very, very useful MLS player. 
Um, again, it it depends on what the salary cap number is. If if you're paying him, you know, big TAM money, and I, I wouldn't love him as much. You know, I'd love him a whole lot on a homegrown deal, right? So like these things all play into it. But just as a general sense, I think he's going to have a lot of options. I think he does have a lot of options. That I, I, I don't even need to report that to know that a player of his age, of his ability, of his of his kind of uh, resume is going to get a lot of people calling and asking about him. Whether like that's going to drive up the price. So I'm not sure where he's going to end up. I don't have don't have anything for you on this one. But again, like Memo is is a player that I don't think he's going to be short on options. Well, Tom, you know, I know you're really busy, man, all the time. So thank you so much for your time and being, you know, here with us today at Dynamo Theory. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys' support. I appreciate the work you guys do. You guys do some some really good stuff covering the team. You know, I, I always always defer to uh, the people who are in, around the team day in and day out. So it's, it's always nice to go and talk to you guys. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, guys.